It's time to decide. You must choose your subscription box. Do you want fluffy, fuzzy things? Do you want a watch that you'll barely even wear? How about more collectibles to fill the shelves in your room? No! You don't want that. You want horror movies, and you want them on DVD. No, you want them on Blu-ray. Well, buddy, it must be an omen, because here I am, and here's HorrorPack.com. Join HorrorPack.com for $19.99 a month and get three killer DVD movies plus one exclusive. Or join up for $24.99 a month and get three Blu-ray blood soakers and an exclusive each month. There, now you've made up your mind. Or I have. HorrorPack.com for the best scare anywhere. I guess we're ready. I'm waiting on you. I'm yeah. On you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Cho recommends you put on your headphones now to listen to. Hey, everybody, it's time for another Achieving Reality the Podcast. This week, with Marissa, we have Stacy Palmer and Vanessa Rideon. They're both involved in Women in Horror Film Fest, which is going on February 27th through the 29th at the Strand Theater in Marietta, Georgia. That is, if you happen to be in Georgia. And they have a great interview with us. We love it. We're actually pressed at the event. So if you want to meet the folks behind Achieving Rally, the podcast, Come on over to the Women in Horror Film Fest, February 27th through the 29th, and we will be there the entire time. All right, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Achieving Reality, the podcast. We'll see you at the end. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of uh, Achieving Reality, the podcast. Hey, Chris. Hey, Hey, Marissa. Hey, Marissa. Hey, Marissa. Hey, Marissa. Hey, Marissa. Started it, I didn't know. Yeah. That's the best way to do it. We just kind of like removing a band aid. <laughs> yeah, yes. get it over with. Well, you know when Larry gets into serious radio voices. The... Oh, I want to hear serious radio yeah. voices. Hey, everybody. <laughs> uh, he, he was a DJ actually, so that's why he's. Mm-hmm. Got that but uh, so today we have. Norman Bates lives. Norman Bates. That's when my na- that was my name. I was the only one psycho enough to pull seventy-two hour shift. Oh my goodness! On a college station. On a college station. So free, Those are the best. So three days <laughs> on the radio, except for two-hour nap. And uh, yeah, at the end, I was like, and they're like, what was that? Who cares? Just listen to the music. I DJed for like a minute in college and I couldn't ever, like, I, this kind of situation is good because there's actual people here and I can talk. I did not know how to just talk with no one else in the room. Hmm. I felt like, I don't know, I just couldn't do it. Like I didn't know psycho. what to say. I was a terrible DJ. It was awful. It was not my calling. <laughs> well, here's one of my secrets for that. Well, I have two. One is don't think. Because you literally, that's the best thing. Just don't think. Just yeah. do it. And then uh, the other one was, typically, I had friends on the other side of the, the desk. Oh. They would never say anything until we were, like, until the mics were off. But 
they were across the desk. So I would talk at them. And then when they didn't show, well, we had a picture of Jimi Hendrix on the wall. So mm-hmm. I talked to Jim, I just talked to Jimmy. Or I didn't have him at the fellow. time. We didn't have the listener at the time. <laughs> it would have worked. But uh, so uh, we have our good friend of the show, Stacy Palmer. Hello. And we have a new friend of the show, Vanessa. Forgot your last name. Right. <laughs> You gonna tell it to me? Oh, <laughs> she said. Vanessa, it. correct? Yeah. And, uh, oh, I like that better. I am. I'm terrible. Vanessa, yeah, Vanessa, correct. Vanessa, always right. There you go. I like that. Yeah. That's your middle name always. Sure. It is now. Why well, feel so bad it. for Diego? Why's that? Because you never remember his last name either. What is his last name? I just call him Diego the Destroyer. I know. Oh. And he got he the first time I want he one heard of those names. <laughs> the first time he heard it he got a big kick out of it so it it just stuck. Yeah, I like Diego the Destroyer. Yeah, yeah. second yeah. with that. I like Vanessa the Correct. Yeah, <laughs> Vanessa Correct. Oh, you have to have the word always in there too because that's her middle name. Oh, oh yeah, Vanessa always. Always called out of the wrong about everything. <laughs> Like you're putting together doesn't matter right whether you're wrong it'll, or not it'll be you're, an ironic you're thing. correct it's like you're putting together your own round table Vanessa correct and uh-huh. Diego the destroyer I am sooner or later I'm gonna get swords for everybody they'll be the please <laughs> I'm so in <laughs> don't you have enough already yes so there you go you can share well I have a couple of axes I guess a couple of people have to carry axes sword or axe I have a spiked <laughs> club too. Oh, I would go with the short sword dagger, mm, like this long. Yeah, something yeah. Like that. I don't know if I have stab somebody in the back. <laughs> Critical strike. I do have uh, I do have Bowie knives and whatnot though. You have a whole arsenal of sharp things. Yes, yes, I do. See, she's actually told me because no, I stuck I'm myself not. with a knife when I was in a store. Because <laughs> I'm an idiot. Uh-huh. She said no more what? stabby poking. I'm trying to look out for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Since you refuse to do it yourself. So. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not allowed to buy more stabby pokey. So I'm looking no at hammers. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. It's the next yeah. logical step. Now you just stabby pokey smash. <laughs> now, yeah, now it's just crush smash. That's no, Larry smash. Larry smash. Larry smash. But uh, we're here with our new friend and our good friend of the show to talk about the Women in Horror Film Festival. I'm happy I got that right. Yeah. Because good job. I get stuff like that wrong. And uh, a bunch of stuff that's going on along with it. Yeah. And uh, the folks that are in it. And uh, 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 so, uh-huh. when, hey, when is it going to take place? Yeah, there's that. Uh, it does take place at the Strand in Marietta, Georgia, in the square mm-hmm. on February 27th through the 29th. Uh, and uh, we will be uh, pressed there. Mm-hmm. And uh, that'll be a lot of fun. I kind of hope I know where we're going to be sitting at some point, but... I will tell you where. <laughs> Probably in the chair. In the bathroom. Can, 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 can you tell them what time it starts? So that people... No, I can't, because I know it starts late on Thursday. Thursday, film starts screening at 6. Um, we've got two short blocks, kind of bookending uh, Georgia premiere feature. Friday, basically from like 12 noon to 10.30-ish. And then Saturday noon till about roughly 8, 8.30, and then we'll have our awards ceremony, and then we can celebrate. Oh, very cool. We'll be uh, celebrating all weekend. <laughs> so she casually skips over 
And mm-hmm. this is like, not that I'm not excited for the whole thing, but yeah. I'm really excited for um, Heather Langenkamp's directorial debut. Yes, we are too. I'm I'm thrilled that she submitted. She's been a huge support um, since we started this fest. She's kind of become a permanent fixture with us. And oh, very cool. she wrote and directed her first film submitted it it got in and uh it's in the opening block the supernatural shorts on thursday and she will be there she's gonna be there all weekend so there'll be you know we have a question be a about fun q a after we, we have a question about that yeah but that'll be later okay <laughs> um but it was funny because you know we go to days of the dead every year yeah. and, and normally she's there like at least she eight, eight out of last, ten times yeah a few last few times well she wasn't there the last that no, one she, time but then when i went to the second one yeah. she was at that one I was looking at the list and I'm like, oh, she's not there. I wonder what she's doing. Oh, like, yeah, well, now we know. Yeah. <laughs> She'll be with us. <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. I'm very, not that I'm not very excited for everything else, but I grew up on Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Well, oh, uh, yeah. Amanda Wiss is also going to be at the fest. Yeah. She confirmed. Oh, very um, cool. So we'll we'll have the two ladies of Elm Street with us. Well, now, see, now we need to see if we can get them both. I was going to ask about that yeah. because this is me as a fan asking. Are there going to be opportunities for the public to meet them? Are they going to have like an autograph session? Are they just there casually? Like what? It... They're usually there casually. I always leave it up to them because I don't want them to feel like they're having to work. I mean, they're filmmakers, they're working actors. You know, I want them to be able to network and enjoy their time there and not feel but I mean you know if if they do want to have a time set up for autographs I will definitely announce that and give times and a place but they're so down to earth I mean you can just be there and talk yeah to she, she seemed really cool when I saw her the first time at Dragon Con yeah so you know I mean if they're in the lobby I would say walk up and introduce yourself and chat in a, in a very polite non-threatening way don't be a freak (laughs) that leaves me out completely don't scare them I need to ask her okay so uh, at least I can I will jump in and be like you can talk to them (laughs) oh hey that Larry guy don't mess with him he's me so I'm I'm okay okay (laughs) they are wonderful and we have appreciated their support so much people do that when they see a celebrity out in the wild and just go running up to him and running up to him oh, kind of the only way to do it yeah <laughs> and, and start pestering him for autographs and no oh, I love you can I get a picture while on there just trying to you know yeah. trying to dance with their car and, I mean yeah. we'll keep it you know if it looks like a lot of people are wanting photos and autographs and stuff I might t- just talk to them and see if they want a designated time for that so that they can I, they want to watch movies and they want to talk mm-hmm. to people and they want to yeah they want to be what they are, just people. Yeah. But they're they've always been extremely gracious when approached. Um, you know, I've I've never seen anyone really bother them or they you know that's a nice Challenge thing accepted. about <laughs> it's a nice thing about with. Like it's such a kind of relaxed community. It, it it really does, I think, feel like everybody's kind of on the same playing field. I mean there's not really this you know, oh my gosh, she's a celebrity, what do I do? Like we're all filmmakers. We're all right. you know involved in the industry somehow and it, it's it's nice to be able to just kind of walk up and talk shop and there's no pressure because it's not it's not designed like a, a convention i mean it is 
it's a film festival. You know, we're there to watch movies. We don't yeah. really have I mean, celebs set up to be like, okay, yeah, exactly. go get in line and right. meet them. Like, they're there. They're watching the films. They're talking about the films. She has a film in the fest, which is amazing. Like, yeah, um, I, I'm, well, just the whole lineup. I said um, to a friend of ours, uh, Chris Etheridge, mm-hmm. who's a mutual friend of everyone here. Um, Another friend of the, of the show? Yes. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's 10 minutes down from my house. Yeah. I'm taking those days off of work and you're going to like see me yeah. every day there because I mean what a great opportunity especially as a filmmaker to just have a great festival down the street and then just you know have the opportunity like hey you know I I'm right here might as well mm-hmm. you know support well jump on it I mean it is a great opportunity I tell people all the time especially if you know for whatever reason if they didn't quite you know, make it in. I'm like, you should still go and promote your yeah. film or your screenplay. Like, go and promote your work and talk to people. And we've seen some amazing collaborations come out from people who've met at the fest and then they come back next year with a project. I'm like, this is what it's all about. But, you know, because it's so close, now, if I was over at the brewery, the Strand would be right up the street. Mm-hmm. So that would have been, I'd, but then again, I wouldn't be able to do it. And we right. don't talk about the brewery anymore. No, we, we try not to. <laughs> So there's that, but it sounds like it's going to be a blast, and I thank you for even thinking of us to be oh. press, and I thank you for saying, "Oh yeah, these morons can come and do this." Yeah, I love morons. <laughs> <laughs> so you know. No, I think it. It you know, I, I look at it like we're local. We're here. Anybody that wants to be involved and try to like share and promote and talk to people. I mean, I want filmmakers and screenwriters to be able to talk about their films all day long and the more people we can have there and discuss that you know I mean it's it's crucial to us that we honor them and their projects and I want them to know you know we greatly appreciate them being there and sharing their work with us yeah now this is going to sound like an odd question though, it, well, let's see. though it's not <laughs> what yes. made you wanted to start women in, in horror so Samantha Koyesnik and I met I feel like I've told the story so many times Sorry? No. No, no, no. I just always try to make sure it sounds good and fresh and new. It, it doesn't, it doesn't um, have to for us. It's new to you. Uh, we met at a fest in Los Angeles, I think in 2015? Somewhere around there. Um, we were both screenwriters. We had um, both of our screenplays were in the finals. And, you know, we met and we kind of were looking around. And I was like, there's not a lot of women here. Like, just out of curiosity. It was both of our... It was our first film festival experience. And we kept in touch and we started traveling to more genre fests. And again, I was like, where are the ladies? Like, I know for a fact we are not the only ones around. This Mm -hmm. is crazy to me. And as we started getting to know more and more women in the industry, I was like, why is it so hard to, like, be seen? So we wanted to create... A platform really to kind of showcase the contribution of women in the genre and not just directors. Um, I think there's a lot of fests where it's just, you know, they, they look for female directors, which we do need more of, but I think there's a lot of really important creative roles that go into making a film what it is. And so we really wanted to honor that and we wanted to try to create a criteria that truly did create more balance and equality and not just. This is a women's only fest. It's female directors competing against female directors because 
that point you're just kind of existing in a vacuum and yeah you kind of cut yourself off yeah and that's that's not the goal i mean i think the goal really is equality and inclusion and diversity and to show that there is a huge colorful landscape of creators and this is you know one small part but you know we're trying to hopefully evolve beyond that we talked a little bit about that in the car ride up and well, and um, real quick, a friend of mine um, was asking about uh, different festivals, mm-hmm. and um, you know he's a cisgender uh, male, mm-hmm. and I recommended Women in Horror, um, and he said, "Well, do you think I wouldn't? You know, do you think I would qualify?" And I said, "Well, you have a female producer, mm-hmm. so you would certainly qualify." Um, you had already sent out the announcements and stuff, but mm-hmm. she's a producer um, from now on. <laughs> okay, but see, now that's taking advantage of the system. Yeah, uh, we don't, I mean, don't just, white male. Don't just that's check okay, box. we're press. So. Uh, but I mean, you know. as of right now, our criteria is there are nine what we think are key roles to a film, All right. and three of those roles need to be fulfilled by a woman in order for your film to qualify. Oh, very cool. Um, so again, like, you know, a film may not be directed by a woman, but it might be written by a woman, produced by a woman, shot by a woman. And I would hate to negate those roles, you know, simply by saying, well, we can't have, you know, a film directed by a man because there's more to a film, you know, than just the director. Sorry. No, it's directors it's 100%. Your, your fragile egos. It's very it's very collaborative and I think there are people that sometimes kind of forget. I mean, I get that yes, the director is kind of steering the ship and ultimately, you know, it's it's their vision that we're trying to support, but there's a lot of people that are creating pieces and parts of that. I mean, you could hand a script to any one of us to have us direct it and it's gonna be, you know, five different films mm-hmm. you know but if we you know what I mean? like there's there's just it's, it's a collaborative process and we want to honor all the pieces and parts that go into that oh that's 100 percent true i mean we'll go super corny here but there is no i in team anybody could direct it but then you got to look at the, who what the writer really was thinking mm-hmm. and then you might not have everything to do with the writer's vision so somebody else so, I mean, there's yeah. a huge collaboration, the, too, between director and DP. I mean, you've got a cinematographer exactly, exactly. that is putting in creative input, you know, which the director can take or not take, you know. Right. But I just think there's there's a lot more to it, and I don't want to negate any of those no, roles simply no. by having such a strict kind of regimented rule of... And like you said before, that would just put you in a vacuum. <clears throat> yeah, and we don't want that. That's not the reality of the industry. And there wouldn't be, and honestly, it wouldn't be fun. Correct. So, and I think... You'll get a more diverse... Yeah. Diverse. You do, and I think it does help kind of build confidence for filmmakers who maybe, for whatever reason, feel like, God, I wonder if I can kind of compete mm-hmm. in these other competitions or, or you know, exist in this world. And it's like, well, you, you already are. Like, we're not putting you in that little fishbowl to exactly. say, well, you're the star of it. It's like, well, no, you're, you really are competing against the rest of, of you know, these... Guys and gals, if you will. Yeah. And the nice thing is also, I mean, I get to kind of stay out of it because we have an independent panel of judges. So it kind of takes better. the pressure off of me if someone's like, you didn't like my film. I'm like, I, I may have liked it or not. That's you look at me. I didn't make No, but I didn't vote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't vote. <laughs> so let me ask you a question then. Mm-hmm. So this is the third year, right? Yes. Have you seen 
an increase in submissions, like, you know, yes. the first year. and then... We increased 180% this year from our very first year, oh, wow. which I think is tremendous growth. And that tells me, I think, how much people want this event. So, so I was looking at the webpage, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think my number is wrong now, but did you say you had 90 people? We had 90. Well, we actually have um, 89 films. There was a film that um, secured distribution, and they were like, we're releasing our film in December. And I yeah. was like, oh, I can't do it. So, yeah. But, you know, so happy for them. It's a great little film. It just, you know, so we actually have, if we're going to be specific, we have 89 short films. And I think a total of 20 screenplay finalists, the feature and the short. So yeah, we have 89 films screening. And a lot of that was we did our best. It is so hard year to year. We actually have less screen time this year than we have uh, in the past because of the way we structured the weekend. This was kind of a personal choice. We'll see if this works. This is the first year we don't have a Sunday um, screening and I think part of it was we had our awards on Saturday there was this huge like momentum and everything and then you get to the Sunday films and it's like yeah, all we the already air, know the answer yes and all the air was kind of out of the balloon and I was like I don't want to end the fest on the you know wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Yeah. so I wanted to restructure that we we end on award night and Saturday just seemed better because a lot of people who are traveling out of town really need that Sunday to yeah get back so that was what I was going to say as far as a festival attendee. Uh-huh. I love the idea of there not being films on Sunday because... Now it's just a recovery day. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's flying out and it's, yes. you know, it, it really, to me, makes a lot of sense. But doing that gave us, you know, I mean, Thursday, we're, we are screening on Thursday, but not the full day. So we have a feature and two short blocks and we had to squeeze as much as we could into Friday and Saturday. And I always struggle, especially as a filmmaker attending, you know, I don't, this is my personal feeling on the matter. I don't like multiple screens at a relatively mid tier or small fest because, you know, you're splitting up your audience at that point. I've always wanted to have a single screening. Yeah. Then you really can see everybody's reactions yeah. and things And like I that. don't like pulling a program into the wee hours of the morning. I mean, if you're premiering your film and you've got a 1 a.m. block, like good luck yeah. getting audience. I don't want to do that. Like you're either exhausted or they're already out partying. So yeah. mm-hmm. I really, you know, even though that meant we weren't going to be able to screen as many films as we would like, I really wanted to make sure that the time blocks and the films that we're screening had a good time. Nobody likes those Sunday morning 10 a.m. Yeah. screenings. <laughs> Especially after the award ceremony yes, and everybody's been out partying. I feel terrible. Like if I am like, God, I feel yeah. like the filmmakers are going to hate me that I put in that screening. <laughs> so I really wanted to make sure that pretty much whenever you screened was going to be a good time and that it would be a good opportunity to get butts in those seats, which is what we all want. I mean, I think... I maximizing the, the amount of attention each filmmaker is going to receive. Yes. Otherwise, what, what what are we doing? I mean, you know, I don't know. That first time I went to Something Wicked, I went there for two things, got there, and they were both going on at the same time. What? <laughs> I was there because Jim had asked me to be up there for a panel that he was running, and TJ had a film in the next room yeah. screening, but since TJ's GPS got her lost and she wasn't there, I went ahead and sat in with Jim. And... Mm-hmm. So how would you get into something like this? Like if 
if you if you're a filmmaker and you're like, hey, I want to know how to get into this film festival, what would they have to do? We're exclusively on Film Freeway. I would say if you have made a horror film or something that falls on under that broad umbrella, you know, and you start searching, I mean, it's it's if you already have a profile, it's pretty simple. You just kind of go to the fest, click the category, and and submit. I always tell people you know, research the festivals, you know, we spend so much time creating these films and I've seen a lot of filmmakers just blanket submit Mm -hmm. and they don't take into consideration like, you know, you worked so hard on this. This is now your baby. Like, where do you want to premiere? Do you want to try to, you know, get a larger premiere and get into like a slightly larger fest? Or do you want to just go to Joe Blow's down the street? Cause you know, they're going to play you, you know, and then, and we do, we do take into consideration premieres it's not a requirement but i mean you know when you're limited and you've got films that are like neck and neck and you're like well this one has screened at a hundred fests already and this person hasn't even had a premiere you know you do kind of want to try to help out that filmmaker that hasn't gotten to necessarily screen yet so i always tell people like try to have a a strategy you know what do you want to do with your film also hard when you get that you get your first film in a can you want to Show it to everybody you can. Yes. Get all excited and stuff. Oh, <laughs> I totally understand that. Like, that's me. I get excited and I'm like, oh, oh, oh we got to send it everywhere. But you do kind of need to take a moment and be like, well, let me think about this. Like, how am I going to get them? You know, if, if you're just collecting laurels, yeah, you know, then fine. Then go ahead and <laughs> go ahead and submit to everywhere you can. But, you know, if you're, if you're really trying to, you know, get it in front of the right audience, if you're trying to... It just depends on what you're trying to do. Ultimately, what is your goal with yeah. putting your film into it? I mean, it I fast? guess I can see, like, if you just want a ton of people just to see it and you don't really care. Yeah. Or, you know, depending, like, you know, my first film was a Stephen King Dollar Baby. So I can't do anything with it. I can't sell it. I can't right. put it online. I can't, you know. So I did. I sent it to as many festivals as possible because I'm like, if it doesn't play to fest, it can't play. Right. You know, but then, you know, if I'm doing something that I, I wrote and directed myself that is original, like I would probably have a more kind of thought out strategy with what I want to do with it and where it's going to go. And, you know, I don't know. I think generally, I think people think like you have about a year yeah. for festivals and then it's kind of time to like get some new content out there or, or you know, at that point, try to secure distribution or put it somewhere. Yeah. There's a lot more, um, I'd say, like opportunities for short filmmakers now than there ever were before mm-hmm. before you really couldn't do anything there's a lot of platforms now that yeah. want short films youtube and mm-hmm. um, i think it's, it's alter alters yeah is a big, big one, one for shorts yeah. plus you know the opportunity if you get together with some other filmmakers who have shorts and you have a common theme you can do an anthology like mm-hmm. there's a lot more options i think than there used to be well and if i could come back real quick so what you were saying about laurels, mm-hmm. about um, just, you know, getting laurels to put them on your poster or whatever. My suggestion for young filmmakers would be um, to be careful about that mm-hmm. because there is a culture of, you know, the horror community. And when you see a poster that has like a bajillion laurels on them, but if you don't recognize the festivals, it doesn't, you know, I hate to say it, but it doesn't really matter. Right. And what I'm, my point being is, if I had, 
you know, the Stacy Palmer Film Festival, the Stacy Palmer Online Film Festival. You know, I had all these things. They're not going to mean anything. But if I have something like um, Women in Horror and then like the Nightmares Film Festival mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the Buried Alive, which is here in Atlanta. And those like and I point out those because those like when we were planning um, for our toothache run mm-hmm. was, OK, what are the like we wanted to premiere at Nightmares in Ohio just because that that for us is one of the uh, best festivals. Um, and we wanted to premiere here at Buried Alive. Because they gave us, we did a, a Stephen King Dollar Baby 2, um, Survivor Type, mm-hmm. and they were the first ones to accept it, and they supported it, so we like to have our Atlanta premieres through them. Sure. And then Women in Horror, I was like crossing fingers, I mean, yeah. you know, I still had to go through the process and everything anyway, but that was another one that I wanted on our, our poster, because to me, that represents the quality that I feel that my film should be shown at. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that speaks to the whole, you know, having that strategy. Like, you thought ahead of time, like, where you wanted your film, you know, to, to try to play and to do this versus... I have seen, I've seen a lot of the, you know, kind of filmmakers with their... You can't yeah. even see the poster anymore. Yeah. And and that's great. I mean, I, I think that's... I mean, that says something. I mean, obviously, you're getting a lot of play... But, you know, you just have to take into consideration how, you know, people are going to look at that and think whatever they're going to like. You can't control that. And then you have to take into consideration the timing of the festivals. Yeah. How you want to play out your, your strategies. Yes. And the fall is huge for horror. You yeah. Know? We've moved because it just made more sense for the Women in Horror Film Festival to take place during Women in Horror Month. Yeah. Um, Weird. It's it's, <laughs> but we're kind of like the the odd duck goose. What's the saying? The odd. I don't know something odd. But <laughs> because I think something so many, peg? we're the square peg in the round hole. I guess. Um, because I do think so many genre fests. I mean, pretty much like all of like September, October, November. You're gonna. Yeah. I mean, that's tough if you're a genre filmmaker. Because mm-hmm. where do you go? I don't know. It's hard. There's so many good ones, but they're all. Yeah. During those months. Yeah, and they're all right around the same time. So hopefully that might be a good thing for us because we're not really having to no, I'd love compete the, too much with the big to guys. Stand up more too, actually, because yeah. we don't have that competition of the other fest throughout the normal holidays or holiday months. Right. But people usually have that time to go. But that does put us in like a kind of a strange place as far as for premieres and stuff. I mean, that does cause people to have to hold their film if, if that's something they really want. I mean, or. Like Stacy, you can just go into other ones, yeah. and then you, you know you just have to kind of pick and choose yeah. what you want to do, and and then you're just like well, as long we, as we're we on your make, list, I'm yeah. happy. Yeah, it's like well, we need to make sure everything's ready to go for the women in horror, mm-hmm. but I want to get this one. I want you know right. some people to see it, and I want it to start here. Sure. So yeah, I, I can see it, but I actually also consider you guys. I mean, because you know there is a quote convention season mm-hmm. and you guys are like, like right at the tail end sort of mm-hmm. but also the beginning but also you know you're, you're you're close enough to where you could be like oh yeah we're the first one of the year mm-hmm. it's, that's true know. and also you benefit because February is generally a pretty dead month for big releases yes so the Star Trek movie fans have that, yeah I figured we would we would probably be okay not have to compete too much with like 
the big, big stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, because you you do you've got it's pretty much who it is now. Yeah. Got, like Hollywood award season, which doesn't really affect us outside of people maybe wanting to like travel or be around when those things are happening. But I mean, we we're so in a different. <laughs> on yeah. a different planet. Yeah, <laughs> but, I think know. it's a great time slot, especially like you were saying, like you know, September, October, so oversaturated yeah. with um, horror film festivals that a lot of films get slipped under the radar because, like you all were saying, like, well, I got to choose this one, but this one's playing at that one, so this is a nice opportunity for there to be enough time mm -hmm. where you can still see those films without like really having much competition. Right. And we can take that and segue it into something or we can take a break. You're running this gig. No, I'm, well, you, yeah, but you're running the recorders. I'm pushing buttons. Exactly. <laughs> you're the board off. Okay, well, so let's take a break. Yeah. All right, well then we'll take a break. We'll take a break right now and then we'll be back. So uh, sit tight, folks. <laughs> have it another amazing episode of achieving reality the podcast we couldn't have made this great show without our good friends of the show and in person stacy palmer and vanessa wright don't forget they will be at the women in horror film fest at the strand in marietta square february 27th through the 29th so uh coming down and see us if you can we'll be there the entire time they'll be there the entire time and you'll be able to watch some great movies written directed produced the whole nine yards by women for chris myself marissa in parentheses everyone else involved this is larry saying women in horror film fest february 27th through the 29th be there The French fries, they, they, they knocked me on my ass. I'm a lightweight when it comes to fries. Hey everybody, Larry here from Achieving Reality, the podcast. So you've missed the last few episodes, have you? That's cool. We got you covered now. That's right, Achieving Reality, the podcast is now on Spotify. Nice, right? So, now you can listen to us on Podbean, Google Play, Google Podcasts, and iTunes, and Spotify. We're growing and growing. I mean, wow. Follow us on Facebook and give us a listen on all of our new platforms and our old platforms. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Achieving Reality, the podcast. See you soon. Is this okay for you? No. What is that? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs>